The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today we radiate empowerment with astrologer Anthony. And I realized I didn't ask how to pronounce your last name. Pico. Pico, like the gallo. Okay, I thought of like orange Pico tea, but six to one. (laughs) That that works, that works. You're an astrologer. How long have you been doing that? Uh professionally since 1986 i got sucked into it in around 83 um and i say sucked in because i thought i was into mystical stuff but i thought astrology was a lot of garbage and uh my girlfriend at the time had her chart read and she said i don't know it seemed pretty accurate you know and i said all right i'll check it out and uh i was completely freaked out at the end of the reading I want to know how long they've been tapping my phone, which one of my friends that they interviewed, you know, how they got into my diary. I, you know, I just didn't understand how it knew so much about me. So I just started grabbing, grabbing another book, another book. And the next thing I know, three years later, I'm doing astrology readings. And here I am 36 years later, still being an astrologer. So I just kind of really kind of went down the, the, the funnel and uh, got totally into it. Now astrology is your full-time gig. Is it not? If I could, it would be, um, I'm also a, a freelance graphic artist, which also fits with my chart. And um, I just started cat sitting. So I'm cat sitting all over Manhattan. Oh, that's very popular thing in Manhattan, I'm sure. I, and they pay me to hang out with cats. I can't complain. So oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Great work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. So, uh, I mean, if I could do astrology full time, I would. I also like a lot of variety. So I, art directing stuff on the side, little freelance jobs, and I do astrology too. And astrology ebbs and flows. I have had five clients over the summer. It's like a desert. And yet I was doing three readings a week in, in the spring. So you just never know. Well, I suppose I could look it up astrologically, but I never have. <laughs> so Yeah, it's feast and famine, is it not? You know, it's the nature of any freelance gig, you know. Yeah, so, uh, it is. Um, it is. So I understand what drew you to to astrology. I mean, this quest for self knowledge. I mean, it is. You know, I know enough to make me dangerous. I say, and 
astrology is really spot on. And when it's spot on, I notice that those are the more self-actualized people, you know, people who are more aware of themselves anyway. Yeah. No, it's degree. Yeah. I get because to a certain degree, I mean, half my readings probably are me just telling people you're doing fine. Like everything you're doing in your life is exactly in accordance with what's going on in your chart. So you're in alignment with the universe, go on your way, you know? Um, But then I get people come in and they're like, tell me how to fix this. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, because they're not really they want answers. They don't want I don't give answers. I give directions and I give focus. You know, I believe completely in free will. I don't think astrology locks you down. Oh, you're a Scorpio. You have to be a jerk. No, no, no. That's not what we talk about. Um, (laughs) What it is, is that I see the astrology chart, your astrology chart is their toolbox. Yeah. And there are tendencies in there. And yes, I believe in free will, but I also realize that, you know, a person who's five foot, five inches tall is probably not going to be an NBA basketball player, you know? So now they, maybe they will, maybe they're going to be one of those crazy people that become the first five foot tall NBA basketball player. Cause that always, people do that throughout history. They sure. just surprise the honey. Right. So, but um, it's unlikely and so when I'm talking about free will, I may see in a person start, oh, you're really good with numbers. You're really good with this. You're really good with this. Trust yourself here. And then I'll look at another part of their chart and say, but over here, you got some lessons to learn. So be careful when you're dealing in this topic. And I will say that nobody is stunned by their astrology reading. I mean, they're stunned that holy cow astrology works, but they're like, that's exactly who I am. And, and you know, and then. So it's a way of knowing yourself that that's a little more compact than 12 years in psychotherapy. Um, not that you shouldn't be in the psychotherapy if you need it. I, right. But, but at least it's, you know, it's gave me a handle on myself. It's like, oh, I know I can trust myself here. I'm, I'm really good with writing. I'm really good with graphics. I talk too much. Okay, that's in my chart too. <laughs> so, you know, You'll see things, or I'll communicate excessively, so that becomes talking too much. Part of the art of astrology is interpreting what it means, and then hopefully, yeah. you the thing the easiest metaphor I use is sometimes you turn to somebody and you go, you know how when A happens, you always do B and then C. It's like the next time A happens, go to D, like skip B and C because that's where you always screw up. You know, find new. So you try to help people find new patterns of expressing what's in their chart you know exactly how helping them maximize their natural gifts and talents and uh and so to me i don't like people use it as an excuse oh i have a leo moon so put up with it it's like stop that that no 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 no. that doesn't give you license to be a jerk but you can't sit and go oh that's that's why it bothers me. I have a bigger ego than other people, and maybe I should be aware of that. Not that you still shouldn't be upset about it or whatever, but understand where it's coming from, and it's easier to deal with it. If you just get upset and you don't know why, you just you can chase yourself in circles and go nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Yeah. How how do how much? Of, okay, I'm getting really philosophical. I'm like stepping out and seeing the big lens. So you know, we decide in advance when and where we're going to be born, what our circumstances are. I mean, to what extent does that include? Let's see. I need my Virgo, not right there, just right there. And I need my Mars uh, there. You know, how much does that come into it? 
Um, well, uh, I don't remember uh, <laughs> before I was born. So I can't ask that directly, but I will say I do believe we choose when we're born. I believe we yeah. choose family. We make appointments before we're born, you know. Sure. And I believe we make the kind of plans where it's like, you know what, I want to lead a very spiritual life. If by the time I'm 35, I'm not on track, you should enter my life and, and interact with me, you know. And sometimes we keep those appointments and sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. I do think we choose a chart based on what we want to accomplish in some way. I've seen some people that clearly started putting their chart together like an hour before they were born. Um, but I've also met people <laughs> who've been barely waiting for centuries for this date. Um, you know, so it's, uh, we choose it, but there's also, uh, give me a second here. There's inner and outer planets. The inner planets, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, and Mars, are basically kind of personality planets. Jupiter and Saturn are kind of straddle the middle between society and people. And the outer planets are all about societal movements. Mm. So I may come in as a Capricorn, but I also came in when Pluto was in Leo, which only happens every 200 years or so. So there's me, and then there's how I interact with society as, as a whole and what's yeah. going on, you know. Um, and astrology applies to everything, uh, events, the, the birth of children, the birth of schools, the, the creation of nations, oh, starting yeah. a job, planning a vacation, all this stuff has a chart. Anything that's started at some point has a chart. Right. So if you have that information, um, you can guide yourself by it. Now, I'm not one of those astrologers that can turn to you and say, Mars is exactly at eight degrees right now. Uh, I'm not <laughs> obsessed with it. I check my chart from time to time, like, and then I'll be like, oh, okay, no wonder, you know, I know what's happening this week kind of a thing. Sure. So, and you can be prepared up to a point, but there's, there's even planets in astrology that are the planets of uh, unpredictability, which is Uranus. So when somebody goes, well, what's Uranus going to do to me? It's like, well, anything I tell you is not going to happen because you're going to be expecting it. So it becomes this catch-22. All I can tell a client is, for the next six months, Uranus is going to be really giving your moon a hard time. It wants to surprise you. I can tell you that your moon is about your mom, your home, your emotions, and your childhood. Uranus might bring up some stuff from your childhood that you didn't expect. Sure. Yeah. So you can at least tell somebody, be prepared for something that's going to surprise you. Sure. And and we can only predict. Yeah, I, some of us don't use the word predict. We use the word forecast. You yeah. know, I turned to a woman years ago friend of mine and i said i'm not sure what's coming up but i said your relationship with your mother over the next two years is going to go through a major shift she was in her 30s she's like okay and i met her a number of years later her mother developed cancer she became her mother's caregiver and took care of her for two years until she died mm. now would i have predicted that no but i definitely know that she was going to something was going to happen with her mother that was going to completely transform her relationship and believe me being a caretaker to your mom when she's dying yeah. is certainly intense but that could have been also because the moon was involved it could have meant that her home could have gone through a you know huge catastrophe and she had to relocate there are other things that could have been i picked mom because of other things in her chart so sometimes i don't even know what i'm predicting right i can it's like i can tell you oh it's like a weatherman 30 percent chance of rain today well if you're going to go out without an umbrella don't look at me you know, mm-hmm. 
So yeah. I look at it almost as if a, a good astrologer is really a good uh, emotional and spiritual weather forecaster. Sure, absolutely. You know, I might turn to somebody and say, uh, you know, the next six months, it's not a good time to start a new job. It's a good time to finish, wrap things up, and 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 uh, take stock of where you are. Or I might turn to somebody and say, hey, it's a time for something completely brand new. Pick something out of the, your hat and do it, you know. So you can guide people. Um, you can't tell them what to do, and you don't want to tell them what to do. Because then they come back to you and want you to tell them to do something else. And then I'm not a financial expert. I'm not a, a real estate mogul. I don't know what to tell people. I can tell them what the energy is yeah. and how to work with it, you know. And and even being prepared doesn't always help you because uh, when I first became an astrologer, I, I'm a Capricorn. I like to plan ahead. So I checked every planetary movement for the next 50 years, figuring I better see what's going to go on for the next the rest of my life. And I discovered in my early to mid-60s, I was getting an incredibly heavy transit. And I looked at it, I, I, even as a newbie, I was kind of like, what the f am I going to do with this? Right. And um, a lot of it was about transforming my public image and becoming more aware. And what I ended up doing without choosing it exactly was people started contacting me to do videos for them. And I started doing videos online. And I started answering more questions on Quora. And the next thing you know, I'm getting more of these, my my fame, excuse the smirk when I say that, has spread a lot further. And I could see that. And it forced me to transform a lot. I had like four planets getting hit by the same planet in slow motion. Mm. Um, so I had to transform Venus, how I related to people, Mercury, how I thought, my son, who I was, and my midheaven, my public image. The most fascinating part when Pluto got to my Venus was it forced me to evolve further. And Venus is about relationships. And uh, I'm a Capricorn. We're not we're not known for being emotional. And uh, I found myself anticipating my wife's emotions. Mm -hmm. I was actually developing empathy, which was like, what what do I do with this? You know, because Capricorns are not known for that. But what happened was I started like saying things to my wife, like, you want to do this instead? And after about a month or two, she's like, am I dying? Are you not telling me something? You're being so nice to me. What's going on? <laughs> I said, I developed empathy. I'm sorry. I'll be meaner. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, and I would, I'll be honest, I'm not even sure I would have understood what empathy was before I developed it. And I know what the word definition is. Sure. But to feel it and to yeah. suddenly realize, oh, that's why my wife does this and this because of that. Oh, no wonder she doesn't like that. And I'm like, where, where did this come from? You know, so <laughs> astrology is life. All of our life is life in progress. We're busy till we're dead. And right. even then we're busy afterwards. But, you know, so I look at I look at astrology as sort of like how we're going to evolve and grow. And you can work with it and see what's going to happen. You know, I can look at a chart and say, uh, life gets better later on. I can look at it and say, you're going to have to work harder later on. You know, so I can... I don't do the most readings. I focus on their current state in about a year either way, you know. Yeah. Unless I see the the train wreck down the road, <laughs> um, I have turned to people and say, "Oh, twenty thirty five, uh, you better call me because you're going to need some help with that, you know, because something going on in a chart." I mean, I don't want to say call me, but you you're going to be aware of something. You may want to look for help, 
you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, so, you know, look, you you know, you mentioned something earlier when we were talking earlier about a meetup with um, there was like a journalist, someone in his newsroom who would mm. look headlines and say, see, this is what is going on with astrology yes. now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, her name, we've talked about it before we got in the air. Her name, uh, I want to give her credit, is Elizabeth Grace with an S instead of Elizabeth with a Z. ElizabethGrace.com is what she does. She started working in a newsroom and she was dabbling in astrology. And she started noticing how often the current positions of the planets fit the headlines and stories perfectly. Um, so then she started a blog where she tried to predict in advance because she was working at the New York Times, so she figured, well, I'll have the Times headlines here every day, you know. <laughs> and uh, she said, basically, as far as she's concerned, after 10 years, the New York Times has proven that astrology works. Because the headlines to the point of, like, she was lecturing on it recently, and I was watching them, just sort of like, my mouth dropped. It's like, how do you come up with this? How do you... But, she, you know, you have to understand, oh, Venus and, and Aries and the Sun, so that's... That's active artism. Oh, well, well you know, the Andy Warhol port, uh, painting sold for the highest price ever that day, you know, and that would feel, I, I'm not explaining it particularly well because I'm not a mundane astrologer. Mundane astrologers, by definition, are those who are interested in world events. Yeah. Okay. I do mostly natal readings, which is people's personal stuff. Sure. There's also other branches of financial astrologers, and there's, believe me, Wall Street is full of astrologers. There's no logic going on down there. Um, Did not realize that. Yes, there's tons of them down there. Uh, I know. I know several myself. Um, oh my god! And uh, he uh, there's also there's also medical astrology is another branch, and that's a trickier one. Um, I don't. I don't think a lot of medical astrologers are great at what they do. My favorite one. He actually studied medicine first, so it made him a lot easier to connect. Uh, and make the connections. And he feels that medical astrology is a process. You can't just say, oh, the moon in the fourth house means you're going to get, you know, acne. You can't do that with, with medicine because as I'm sure you understand, yeah, our health and our spirituality and emotions are all connected. So you can't just say, you know, A plus B equals C when it comes to a medical thing. So those are the basics of, of the what you can do with astrology. But like I said, as a corporation starts, you can uh, you can do it as a start of a corporation. Uh, the tricky part is really deciding when something begins. And it's funny, this ties into something you said earlier. Do we choose, oh, I want my Mars here, I want my Saturn here before I'm born? But you always get these questions from newbies. I'm premature. What's my birth chart? And the answer is when you took your first breath is when you entered this world. Okay. The doctor guessed your birthday. <laughs> he didn't know when you were, or she did not know when you were going to be born, but you did, you know. Yeah. And so your first breath after being born is your first independent thing outside of another living being. You're out of your mother. You're on your own now, kid. And that's when we consider the birth. Yeah. Um, I do wish we would massage babies into consciousness instead of spanking them, but. Um, and maybe we do that now. It's been a while since I've seen anybody be born. It uh, I've never seen you be born, but uh, <laughs> I uh, my wife actually had a talking years ago had a, a female doctor back when there were no female doctors. Right. Well, there weren't. There were female doctors, of course. And uh, this woman, her pediatrician OB, massaged her into consciousness. She didn't get slapped. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody was aware of it a few decades ago. So hopefully you're smacking a kid into consciousness. Yeah, right. Okay. What are you, capitalists? Knock it off. <laughs> you, know. you know, I know an astrologer who just does not want to get involved with anybody's birth who was induced. What is your take on that? Uh, um, I'm going to use the term God very loosely here. Okay. okay. God doesn't play games like that. Okay. I happen to know that Sylvester Stallone's mother had both of her children had a C-section, according to one astrologer told her she should have the kid. I guess it worked for Sylvester. I don't know about Frank. But... um. I don't I mean I don't think you can trick God like that, you know, and I'm using or spirituality. It's like you're trying to pull a stunt, and I'm not stunt based. I don't I would actually look down upon an astrologer that said something, unless it was a medical reason. Like if somebody said, Well, the baby's reversed and it's better if you have this, you know, now for the birth of the child. Mm-hmm. I I could see doing that as but telling you when you should be giving birth to your kids, that's way too much manipulation. I understand. And yet there are there are people in the world now who had no choice in the matter because it was decided for them. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's kind of like it's like I I couldn't help it. I had absolutely no say because my mom chose to induce or C-section or whatever it is for the health, for convenience sake, whatever it is. But how does that affect somebody? Well. I would assume, first of all, that their chart would indicate a dominating parent in their chart, because clearly a parent making those kind of decisions is really, to me, over the top. Okay. Um, maybe better than to do this analogy. I, this woman contacted me a few years ago for Christmas. She wanted to do a reading for all four of her children and herself. Mm-hmm. And I recorded them all and sent them to her. And uh, needless to say, all four of the children had an overbearing mother in their chart. Needless to say, she listened to every one of them before she gave it to them, which is not what I had agreed to. So I would assume a person being born during induced labor like that would probably have indications of issues with their parents in their chart to start with. Um, You know, because that's, that's the poetry at work here. You know, clearly this being control being taken from you is starting before you were even born, you know. So uh and I would wonder about somebody that would choose to do that, male or female. I'm not I'm not saying one sex isn't more than the other. But right. um well and often and this, doctors make these choices because they want to be the one to deliver this child. They've known the mother, but they're going on vacation. Now we use astrology sometimes to time operations and stuff. But I can't turn to my doctor and say 3 a.m. on Sunday would be perfect because they're not going to be in the hospital at 3 in the morning on Sunday. No, they're not. Um, so, yeah. You, so what you do is you work with that's the other thing with inducing labor. It's like you're still dealing with a period of two or three months where um, there's a limit to what you can do. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody was born in 2020, you got an intense chart. I don't care when they pulled you out. You know, 20, right. you mentioned 2020 because that's the pan, near the pandemic, which, yes, many astrologers saw it coming. And um, it's know, also this election, the election, the pandemic. And in the sky at the time, Pluto was conjuncting Saturn, which only happens about 100 every 80 or 90 years, which is a major big shift, which so this is 
here's a good way to put it. The 1960s, all that turmoil of hippies and protests and anti-war stuff, Uranus and Pluto were conjunct in Virgo. And what that literally means, Uranus is the planet of sudden change and surprise and progress. Pluto is the masses. And Virgo is about all the nitpicking rules. So suddenly we have this astrological time bomb that spends, spends their time conjunct for about two or three years because Uranus catches up and then passes Pluto. And so we had the 60s. And everyone born in the 60s has that inside them. Yeah, so, sure. exactly. So you're getting that generation now growing up and maybe taking the last generation thing further. Who knows? Um, but I'd have to I, I'd have to do work that I haven't done, which is researching people and behavior. But you, to a certain degree, you're almost giving birth to every next generation by what's going on in the chart. You oh, know yeah. how it affects like people that were born during the sixties, people that were born during you know different exciting part exciting times of the year right. are going to have it in their chart. You know, and and they manifest it somewhere. I mean, I, due to the, when I started doing this, I started getting a lot of 60s babies, you know. Um, I'm and, <laughs> Welcome aboard. And uh, <laughs> in 1988 to about 92, Neptune and Uranus were conjunct in Capricorn. And that's another little mini generation of a powerful influence. And they're all coming to see me now in the last couple of years who are getting of age and they're coming to see me. Sure. And they're coming in with exactly what I expected them to come in with because Neptune spirituality and sudden change uranus are in the, the sign of control capricorn and the sign of practicality and i knew that these people were going to have issues coming up with practical mysticism of some kind yeah and it's almost guaranteed all these people that have come into my to my practice they don't want to go up to the mountains and meditate for seven years and they saw God for five minutes. They want to know on this street corner, I need to psychically know, do I need to go that way or that way? What do I do next? Where people want to have their daily practical intuition. And I'm getting a lot of people looking for that. And yeah. people are offering courses for that, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to develop your intuition, because we all got it. We just been talked out of it growing up, you know. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate U, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, Back to our podcast and back to our guest. 
Um, you know, you do the the natal chart, and that's your you know kind of your what what you go to. Um, how about King Charles, the new King Charles? Have you had a look at him? I haven't. Um, I suspect just looking at history in general, he's going to be a very quiet, well-run, ecologically oriented, you know, king. I like that about him. Um, yeah, I. And, and that again is more mundane astrology, uh, but it's something that because I don't even know his chart, but I do know that it's it's clearly something profound is going on in both his chart and his mother's chart. Mm-hmm. because this is a big issue for both of them. Not that we don't predict death, by the way. Right. I want to say that off the bat. Um, no. Because, because you know, I just a quick sidebar. I've done a study of it when I first started. The transits that seem to trigger death are so minor that they happen like 10, 12 times a month. Yeah. So I thought to myself, oh, death's no big thing. Okay, I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> I got to go. It's never yeah. this big, dramatic. It's very rarely, unless it's, you know, a bomb explosion or something that has other extenuating stuff yeah like 9-11 wasn't about people's individuals it's about you know what was going on so um i'm rambling all the place you're sorry uh no that's totally fine i'm i'm rambling questions right i think of it like um when we set our car course for the next lifetime we have these different exits we can take like already on the on the map it's like we can i call them exit points where I could get off the highway there, or I could keep going. I could get off there, or I could keep going. You know, does that show up in a chart? Yes. I'll, actually, my friend who's a medical astrologer, I'm going to mention him because if you ever need a medical astrologer, he's great. Mitchell Scott Lewis. He's also an author. He's written a book of uh, a detective who's also an astrologer, which is kind of amusing. But he... I needed help with a chart. This woman was quite ill. Her daughters brought me to her. Um, the woman was in her 80s, and they were all in their 60s, and they loved their mother and everything. And I discussed the chart with my friend Mitch. And we're looking at the chart, and without going to a 20-minute discussion, he said, she can beat this illness if she wants to, but she may not feel like sticking around. Mm-hmm. She was dead in six months. Because I believe we choose when we die. Maybe not conscious. I don't think me chooses, but whatever the larger sense of self, when I'm done, I'll be out of here, you know? Yeah. So I do believe it's possible to see, like, you know, you're you're going to be hitting a brick wall in about a year, and you better yeah. be ready for it because it's going to hurt. And if you don't know what's coming, then you might be, you know, the surprise is part of it. People are so relieved when it's just like, oh, your life is supposed to be going insane right now. It's like, thank god you know it's not me it's like well you're involved in it but it's not you know it's because we constantly get challenges in life you know that you know there's only one person ever knew this guy his chart was so harmonious it's one of the first people i did everything about his life just flowed i met him like 25 years later nothing had changed he was still flowing he was still happy i would have bored the hell out of me but he was happy so um awesome but yeah. there's always surprises, you mm-hmm. know. There's even a whole planet dedicated to it, you know. Surprise! That? That's Uranus. Uranus, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's a funny thing. All the planets rotate like this around the solar system. Yeah. With the North and South Pole. Mm-hmm. Uranus rolls around. It's 90 degrees. <laughs> so Uranus is the planet that's twisted. 
in its orbit. Yeah. You know, um, kind of rolls along. As opposed to this, it just chuggles along. So it's, and it was, this may come up in the discussion. We had up into up to Saturn for for millennia, and then we discovered that we did. We discovered Uranus. We discovered Neptune. And eventually, we discovered Pluto. Uranus, the planet of unpredictability, surprises, progressive behavior, individual freedom, uh, turned up during the French and American revolutions. That's when they discovered it. And we look around and we go, and suddenly we didn't think kings mattered anymore. And suddenly we decided the individual was more important, et cetera. It took us a while to get the lesson. But that's when we discovered Uranus and we're still learning it. But And so we look at when we discover each planet and relate it to what's going on at that time, because, well, that's why it was discovered. Neptune, in the 1800s, there was a period of history called the Second Great Awakening. Um, that's when you had all you know, the Mormons turned up. You had all those people in northern New York, the Seneca Conference, <laughs> Lilydale, table tapping. Uh, dozens of religions were created. It was a deeply spiritual and twisted time at times. And that's when we discovered Neptune. As a matter of fact, Neptune, which is a very vague planet, it's about it's not about the physical world, was yeah. discovered separately twice. And I just thought that is so Neptunian to discover the same thing twice. They didn't realize they'd seen the same object, the two scientists. Interesting. But that is so Neptune because Neptune's so about the nebulous and the things that you can't pin down. So it was discovered twice with two different names. Oh, my gosh. Um, Something that we're dealing with now, and I think we're always dealing with it in some way or another, is retrograde. You know, we're in Mercury retrograde, but there's other planets in retrograde right now. So um, um, a lot of them are, yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are. So okay. what to you is the significance of a retrograde? Okay, first of all, we know it's an illusion. Okay. Exactly. Um it's, it's like cute. if you're if you're flying in a jet plane and you pass the Cessna, it looks like the Cessna's going backwards because you're going a hundred miles an hour faster than it is. That's kind of what's happening is the planet rounds the thing and goes back from the point of view of the Earth, it looks like it's backing up. Mm-hmm. The two planets that don't back up are the sun and moon. Everything else goes retrograde at some point. Yeah. The outer planets, um, Jupiter, Saturn, all the way out to Pluto, and whatever else you want to get. We had this other planet on the staging platform, but we I haven't used them yet. Um, they go retrograde once a year. And usually for anywhere from three to six months a year. It's just kind of normal for them. The inner planets is when it gets more uh, personal. Um, Mercury goes retrograde three to four times a year. When it does, it's three weeks at a time. So I just want to say, if you're 30 years old, you've gone through Mercury retrograde at least 90 times. So the first thing I always say about Mercury retrograde is get over it. You've survived this before. Okay. Mercury, when a planet goes retrograde, it finds a different way to express its thing. Right. Mercury is about communications, talking, short trips, elect, like a, immediate electronics. So when Mercury goes retrograde, I usually tell people, double check your appointments, double check your train tickets, have a plan B in case. But the other side of it too, um, the re, re, retrograde is the great retime. If you're a writer and Mercury's retrograde, Go rewrite that story. Go do the changes on something. Do redo it or rethink something. Now, that happens three to four times a year. Venus, about every, I think, once a year or so, goes retrograde for a short while. 
Venus is about relationships. Sometimes when Venus goes retrograde, if it's significant in your chart, you may find people from your past coming back up because they're uh, they may be old lovers or old friends. Um, it's also very artistically indicated. It could be a great actually. Venus retrograde is a great time to go antique shopping in used stores. Like go for old stuff that needs can be repurposed in a beauty a beauty kind of way. Wow, that's that pretentious. In a beauty kind of a in a decorating way. Okay, right, um, right. Because Venus is about art, so you can make something attractive and luxurious and comfortable. Now Mars, I'm going to mention in excess on this one because Mars is doing something it does every two years. It's going retro. Mm -hmm. Um, it's going retro in Gemini on October 30th, just a couple of weeks from now, and will not be out of Gemini until March 2023. Normally, Mars goes to a sign in about 60 days tops, um, but then it goes retrograde. And because of where it's going retrograde, it's going to stay in Gemini for seven months. Yeah. Um, Mars is about taking action. We have to find a reverse way to take action, uh, kind of a way that's you could rebuild something, you could, re, you know, re, but Gemini is about communications. And I'm wondering, and I'm just guessing here based on my knowledge, uh, everybody's going to be feeling this in some level. Some people's charts will have it exactly where Mars is and they'll feel it stronger. But a lot of Mars kind of burns its energy up in Gemini because Gemini is chatter, 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 information. So there's going to be a lot of talking, a lot of communications, a lot of maybe a lot of going back on what you said because it's retrograde and saying we're going to reassess this. I think it could be a very interesting time. The fact that um, Mars is going retrograde like a week before the national election uh, is certainly potential for unexpected results, whatever that means. You know, I'm not I have my politics, but I'm not going to get into them. Um, you know, so we we do have that thing of something. And by the way, at one point, Obama, I remember this, Obama took the oath of office and it was done wrong and they had to redo it later that same day. Oh, interesting. Okay. The moon was void, of course, and Mercury was retrograde. Oh. So communications and things you try to finish couldn't get finished and had to be redone. And all the astrologers were just sort of like... There we go. It's astrology in action. You yeah. Know. That's um, interesting. Very interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of that stuff behind, kind of behind the scenes that we don't even know of, even in our own lives. There is an amazing book that I have yet to read. And of course, I'm not going to be able to find it now. Um, in the past five years, this guy put together a book using astrology and the history of the last thousand years. And pointing out everything that's going on. And my it's so fat that it's like, I'll read that someday. But I bought it, you know. And it was actually considered a major uh, publication in its time uh, a couple of years ago. Because it's such a huge, like a thousand years of looking at history and saying, look how it coincides with yeah. all the stuff that's going on. So it's there's plenty of proof for astrology. I realize, because um, I don't try to prove it anymore. No, uh, I, I used to, you, know, you believe that crap. Why? Yes, I do. Thank you. Goodbye. I don't get into that stuff. Um, but it doesn't rule us, you know, uh, not yeah. at, one twelfth of the world does not act exactly like a Libra. There's a whole chart involved and we're pretty complex. I mean, I love when I go online to answer questions at one of those sites and they'll be like, you know, 
I'm Leo. My boyfriend's a Leo. Are we good together? It's like, well, it's not that simple, you know? And the fact that people see relationships that simplistically, or I get people who like, what, what might, where do you look in a chart for how, how are you going to look like fame? It's like, well, what kind of fame do you want? Serial killer, uh, movie actor, <laughs> painter, ballerina. It's like, fame just i want fame i said that doesn't i can't do anything with that you know right because these things are things in life are complex when i look at relationships i look at the moon i look at mars because that's the female and male principles i look at oh, excuse me venus and mars mm-hmm. are female and male uh mars is the physical side of sex venus is the interrelating part of of relationships um the moon is your emotional sign. Then I look to what the seventh house of relationships, are there any planets in there? And then I go, I don't want to bore you, but you can see there's a lot of things. I, look, we're compatible with probably 80% in the world, people in the world. We can pretty much get along with most people, but we don't know how to find that spark. I've seen charts of people that should have gotten along and nothing happens. And then I see charts that I want to say, stay away from each other. And they're just like, I want. Um, and I don't think any astrologer can actually tell you what will light that spark. Right. Yeah. I can tell you, well, look at this chart. You should get along with them. Right. Yeah. It's like on paper, this looks yes. great. On paper, this looks horrid. Right. You know. But then there's no accounting for all kinds of other things that go into it. Yeah. Do you have any interesting case studies, uh, interesting things you've seen in charts that you like favorite well, things that you've done? Yeah, things that have surprised me along the way. Uh, I got one. Um, I was doing this woman's chart and in preparation, it was like she clearly had no mother. Mother was missing from the chart. Mm. And she also had symbols for an incredibly dominating mother. And I'm like. What, what do I do with this? Right. She's like, oh, I can explain that to you. Because I literally told her, I don't know what this means. And she said, oh, I can explain that. I was given up for adoption. And I was adopted. The, um, the woman who, who adopted her was firm and strong, not, not dictatorial, but a very strong-handed mom. And she said that when she turned in her early 30s, she turned early 30s, she went and tracked her mom down, her natal mom, her right. birth mom. And they met in some random restaurant outside of her town and it was like you can i can never acknowledge that you existed but i'm so happy that you're you know you've made you've done well and i was i did the right thing by giving you up and da da da. but you can never contact me because my family doesn't know and my culture wouldn't understand so she continued to have this missing mother and a dominating mother at the same time that's amazing astrology is always right astrology is not so much you know because part of it is i've after 36 years, I've become very aware of my preconceptions yeah, and how much that colors what I'm going to tell somebody. And I've worked very hard to try to drop away preconceptions and not make assumptions. Um, you know, uh, sometimes people surprise you. There's this one woman who had creativity all over her chart. And so I'm like, do you paint? No. Do you draw? No. Do you write? No, 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 no. I said, and so I just thought I wanted to encourage this to open up. I don't want to say you should be more creative because that's like, what do you do with that? But I said, why don't you take a course like in painting just to play, just for fun? And I went to elaborate discussion of I work here, I work there, I don't have time. And it was like, okay, everything I came up with, she had this vivid excuse for. It wasn't just like I'm busy that day. 
And I don't know why, but in the middle of doing that reading, I suddenly realized she was using her creativity to keep herself from being creative. <laughs> yeah. And, and how do you tell somebody that? You can't really. <sighs> but you can try to suggest to them at some point when you have some time, this would be wonderfully beneficial to you. You know, you can't force anybody to do anything. No, you can't. And and sometimes you have, like, I know this one woman, uh, let's see if I can explain this. Um, generally speaking, when the moon and Mars are square, which they're 90 degrees from each other, uh, it means a person has a temper. Moon is emotions. Mars, your first response is to get angry. Oh, mm -hmm. In this particular case, her moon is also conjunct Neptune, which gave her this incredibly empathetic, loving, compassionate, to a certain degree, wildly irrational emotional state. You know, everything she felt, she felt intensely. I'm not saying she was over-emotional. I don't believe in that. But a very intense person. And the first thing she did is she came out with both guns and started fights with everybody all the time. And what was nice about her chart was there was a lot of stuff in her chart about uh, she was sort of a social justice warrior. Um, as she lives in New York City, she would start fights with the... Uh, the horse cab drivers in Central Park because she doesn't believe they should be allowed to be in the streets. People litter. She starts, she's fighting with everybody in the streets all the time. And um, and always about this social, it's never about me. It's more like, you know, you don't do that. You don't do some woman was being threatened by some guy. The next thing you know, she's up in there defending the woman and telling the guy to go beep, you know. And I turned to her at some point and I said, you can't respond to every emotion with anger. There's more emotions than anger. I said, you're not picking your battles. You know, if you want to win the war, you got to pick your battles. It means a guy dropped a soda can in the street, pick it up and put it in the garbage and walk away. You know, you can't just, so she's learned to kind of, she's still, believe me, if I ever need a war, she's in the front lines. But um, this is an example of when you try to, explain somebody's like you always do this don't always do that try going here instead try to find another path you know i mean look she's still an incredibly intense person and and none of that will change but i've tried to give her clues of like don't keep hitting the brick wall at 90 miles an hour you know avoid the wall <laughs> they go around the wall yeah. and not fight with everybody <clears throat> and, and that's really what the things i do the most is like really telling people where they're missing something hopefully and, and how they can bring it into their lives. Wow, um, wow. You know, and, I'm realizing I probably want to sign up for a, a reading with you. <laughs> okay, I'm and, fine for that. And you've got a, you've got a website. Yes, A-S-P-I-C-C-O. A-S-P is my last name. My first initial, second initial, A-S-P-I-C-C-O.com. Yeah. Um, not only am I there where you can track me down, uh, I have a number of uh, YouTube videos about general astrology. So you, if you're a beginner, you might not be that into it. But if you've learned a little bit, they're wonderful. I did keep a blog for a long time. They're also posted up there. Yeah. Uh, I also have an internet radio show called yes. Cosmic Tuesdays, which is on Monday evening because, you know, I'm built that way. And uh, it's at 8 o'clock Monday evenings, and I interview people like other astrologers, psychics, you. Hopefully, yep. I believe you will be on my show in a few weeks. Yep. And uh, and I spread the, the spiritual, psychic, intuitive news. Uh, I, invite, I invite people that have 
died and come back. And all those shows are accessible through the website by going to links and stuff. So there's a lot to entertain you there about astrology. Um, and you can and, also sign up for a reading, I think, mm -hmm. and at your services page. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then um, your contact information on that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being on the Cosmic Tuesday show. That'll be fun. I have no idea what we'll talk about, but I have no problem coming up with stuff to talk about. Sure. Um, as do you, as do you. I mean, my gosh, your your wealth of knowledge on this subject is amazing, and you also are into the Edgar Casey stuff. Not Casey as much, actually. I'm into. Uh, oh, Seth. It's Seth. Seth. The Seth material. Oh I've I've read them extensively, and I've actually lectured on them a few times, and I do incorporate that into my astrology not not literally i don't say well seth says your jupiter should you know be doing this but i'm the big part of seth is and he's telling the same story we've been told for millennia we create reality all the time we are responsible for everything that happens to us we're not always consciously aware of that and so sometimes we create a future that's less than desirable because we've got bad programming growing up or whatever it might be but that's the thing I'm always aware of when I'm talking to people's charts. I want them to understand they can change this. This can be, you can deal with this. This is not impossible. This is, you know, yes, I know that planet square, that isn't always good, but that can be worked with, you know. Um, I've never seen a chart where I would turn to somebody and say, oh, well, you know, here's a razor blade, go slit your wrists. Because this, well, possibly because it's not polite, but... Uh, <laughs> It's not, yeah. Even And sometimes what you find fascinating is the most challenging charts are often the people that end up doing the most amazing things in life, right. good or bad. Okay, and that's just amazing that like you pulled that off, you know. Uh, and what I believe happens is when you have a lot of difficult things in your chart, it's kind of like, you know, sleeping on a lumpy mattress. It's like you got to hammer these lumps out. You can't, you've got to do something about it. You can't just sit with it. That's why I said that friend of mine who was very harmonious. It's like he's had a great life. He's not particularly interesting to me, but, you know, and I'm not knocking him. But he isn't as driven as some people are. Some people are just utterly driven by their charts because there's so much energy in it. Yeah. And they chose to commit. Look, I'm sure my friend came in to take it easy this time. Maybe the previous time he was in, he was tortured to death. And he said, I'm, I'm coasting for my next life, you know. And that's just a legitimate reason to come in as any other, I suppose. Oh, absolutely. Know? He could be an inspiration to others. He could be a catalyst for somebody. Yeah. So we never know. And we can't, I mean, for the reason we can't judge, but you're not judging. Um, but you never know what somebody's reasons might be for something like that. Which mm -hmm. reminds me, do you, do you delve into karmic astrology at all? Um, a little bit. I know there are a lot of astrologers that feel... Um, you can specifically identify past lives through karma uh, and by using things in the chart. The things in the chart are called the north and south node. The north node is considered the direction you're going and the south node is what you already know. They're on opposite sides of the chart. Sure. Some people feel by looking at your north node, you can see what your current karma is and the south node would indicate other past lives. I'm not against that concept, but sometimes when things are a little too neat, and too well put together i'm like yeah so i look at the north node and this is how i first learned it the north node indicates the sign it's in and the house it's in indicates the direction you will go to grow the most in this life mm -hmm. the south node is your is your toolbox you already know that stuff 
So you don't have to learn it. It's just something you have. An example for me, my North Node is right in my Midheaven in Capricorn. I'm supposed to become, the more I move in the direction of being a public authority and a Capricorn figure, the more I'm taking care of my mission. It doesn't matter that my sun, Venus, and Mercury are all in Capricorn too. It's still an uncomfortable direction because I've never been there before. The South Node happens to be sitting right on my home. I I know I'm not doing progressive things when I've spent the entire week home and haven't done anything and kind of like just chilled out. So when I specifically say, oh, in 1842, you were in, you know, uh, uh, on a, an apogrom in Russia. No, but can I say I can see what you're coming out of and what you've already mastered the last time? Mm-hmm. So clearly I've mastered being at home and, and, and being a homebody. And so now I'm kind of pushing myself out there to be more what the path I will grow the most in this life, right. which you could certainly call karma, but karma is so very specific. And I, I'm sure you've mentioned this, but I don't believe karma is punishment. I think it's, no. I always feel karma is like, you know, well, you fell back course. So, you know, just take it again. That's all. Yeah, it's or just- it might be the last time you were a doctor this time, you know, you'll be a plumber. That's all. You're just going to learn something new. Yeah, exactly. It just means balance. Mm -hmm. It just means finding balance, right? So this has been a fascinating conversation. I mean, we could talk all day. Um, I can't wait to talk with you on Cosmic Tuesdays. And I think that is sometime in October. Yeah, October 17th. So I'm looking forward to yeah. Okay. And again, the website is an, is aspico with two C's dot com. We'll put that in the show notes along okay. with your bio and everything. Yeah. The, any any parting thoughts, anything we haven't discussed that you think is important to mention? Um, not you're going to say it's not everybody needs an astrology reading. You have astrology. Everybody has to have one. Um, and and. Most of my clients come to me in crisis. Nobody comes like, I'm having a great day. I'm going to go have an astrology reading. They just don't do that very much. Yeah. So understanding that there's help available if you need it. But if you kind of know what you're doing, if you look at your life and say, you know what, I've kind of made most of the right choices. You may not need an astrology. You just have to listen. I almost consider astrology kind of like, uh, I jokingly refer to myself as a psychic with training wheels. Because I can always like, oh, well, I don't know anything about that. Oh, Jupiter's square in your Mars, so I, think I can tell you something about that. I do find as I do the reading, I become more intuitive as time as the oh, reading goes on. It's just naturally, yeah, and how you naturally turn in. So the only fun thing I just want to say is you you can handle it. You just got to figure out how. And astrology can help you if you're stuck. If you're not stuck, go do what you got to do. Yeah, very empowering, which is our theme for today. All right. Thank you so much, Anthony. I really appreciate it. A real pleasure. And I'm looking forward to October 17th. Yep. Me too. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com.
I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.